Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Um, and so I, I really haven't read in this book a lot. I've been doing more readings in some of the other literature and haven't really been reading through this book a lot. And so when um, I was given this topic as a potential topic to lead, I was really excited to do that because I remembered, oh, I remember that that reading, I remembered the title of the reading from Recovery Continues. And so I was really happy to, to do that because that meant I would read it again. And so I'm really glad... I just, I, this is how I know my higher power is at work because I needed this reading. I don't know if anybody else does, but I needed it. And so I'm really grateful that this is the topic that I was um, fortunate enough to lead on because I was able to read this again. So I'm just, it's a really short reading, by the way. So if you haven't read this and recovery continues, it's only two pages. Don't worry, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but really, really read it. It's a good one. Uh, but I do want to read a little, um, a short paragraph from the reading. It really spoke to me as I read this. It comes from the Joy Response, Recovery Continues, page 39. Just recently I was studying the first few paragraphs of the letter of James when something struck me. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various temptations. It occurred to me that I might try gratitude whenever I was tempted. The next temptation I had happened to be resentment anger, and as I became aware of it, I thanked God for the situation and for victory over my resentment. Doing that felt strange, but I thanked him both for trial and victory while feeling resentful. I was immediately loosed from it, and the feeling that followed was better than what used to accompany the previous deliverances. As victorious as the fear and surrender experiences had been, this was better. The feeling was positive and buoyant, Instead of relief, there was something new, joy. And he goes on to say that um, he continued to try this with various other temptations, and it worked on all of them, and it's still working. I bring my rescuer into the temptation with me. Whenever I count it all joy, I have joy. What a gift. Um, And he also states, um, I like the feeling. Acceptance, gratitude, and joy are better than fear. I really liked this reading um, because I, you know, I love the other reading, the reading from the big book that talks about pride and fear, pride and fear, because that's me, you know, pride, fear, pride, fear, pride, fear. It's one or the other, one or the other. And so I really like this concept, um, you know, acceptance, gratitude, and joy are better than fear. And I really liked this, you know, this concept of trying gratitude in the middle of the temptation, during the temptation, not afterwards, but during, to, to thank my higher power for the situation and for the victory over it. And I thought about that, and for me that means, that means I'm trusting that I will get the victory. It's not just, uh, okay, I hope I have the victory over this. You know, it's, it's, for me, it's more than just surrender, it's, I know, I trust that there will be victory, not only over that temptation, but over and over again. And it's that trust where I learn, you know, and I learn from that. And for me, I looked at it as as thanking God for the situation because the situation is a learning opportunity for me. I used to not like looking at it like that. But for me, I'm realizing that every temptation, every situation I can look at, you know, I have, I have choices in how I look at things. And if I choose to look at it as a learning opportunity, I have a much better attitude about it. Um, and I have a problem with bad attitude. <laughs> um, and, and so I need to, for me, I know that I need to start really, um, I need to be very aware of my attitude 
put it that way. I, I just find it so helpful to me to be aware of my attitude. And so I really love this idea of um, looking at those situations as learning opportunities. And then when I thank God for the victory, it's it's um, learning. It's because I'm thanking Him. That means I'm trusting that I'll have that victory. And so for me, it's a learning opportunity to learn more trust in my higher power. It's an opportunity to continue working my steps. You know, to continue that that turning my will and my life over and trusting, because that's what keeps me sane. That's what keeps me sober. Is that constant trusting? It's that constant giving it back to him and trusting that I will get the victory over that temptation one at a time. And the more I learn trust, the quicker I am to do that. And um, I think the more sane I will be. So that's really all I've got because, again, I really want to hear from everybody else because I'm getting so much more out of hearing everybody else share this weekend. And so... Um, again, the topic is the joy response, and I'm just going to read the guidelines for sharing, and then we'll open it up for sharing. Because our common welfare comes first, here are the guidelines for sharing during this meeting. We do not cross-talk. That is, we share with the group as a whole rather than addressing any individual member. We speak in the I, not the we or the you. We leave our other identities at the door, including politics, religion, therapies, treatment centers, occupations, and other 12-step issues. We speak about and from the SA point of view. Our meetings focus on the SA approach to recovery, so whenever possible, we avoid the mention of titles and authors that are not SA-approved literature. We avoid profanity, sexual descriptions, and sexually abusive language. When sharing strays, we can remind each other of our commitment to these guidelines by quietly raising our hands. And the meeting's open for sharing. Again, this is a taped meeting, so please come uh, up here and sit here and share. Thanks. Good afternoon. My name is Vic, and I'm a recovering sexaholic. The joy for the moment is that I'm in recovery now for 18 months with 18 months sobriety after an 11-year relapse. Today, I'm free of toxic shame. Today, I have reestablished my relationship with my wife of 34 years. Today, I have reestablished my relationships with each of my three sons. Today, I have reestablished a relationship with my God. Today, I have reestablished my relationship with my faith tradition. Today, I have clear, continued to clear away the wreckage of my past, my financial problems and my debts, which have accrued as a result of my addiction. I have refinanced my home. I have paid off my debts. Today I am learning to deal with my anger, my feelings of isolation, and my excessive spending. Today I have more anticipation of a better life and a better future. Ultimately I know that I will meet my creator and say to him, I have lived a full and good life. I have made amends. I have given to my brothers and my sisters. I am ready to return home and I am ready to enter into your glory. Thank you. My name is Betsy T., and I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. And uh, by the grace of God and this fellowship, I'm sober today, and and that is a a gift. 
Um, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, um, that when I've been t- tempted to be in negative thinking, which I think is like what was said about being tempted to, into re- resentment. Um, and I guess it's just really the grace of God. I can't take credit for figuring this out, but I do think the reading, this joy response reading gave me some guidance. Um, and I too love the book, Re- Recovery Continues. And um, I think it is an inspired book and we're very blessed to have it. Um, but at, in the moment of being tempted to go to negative thinking, which is a setup, the negative thinking to me is a setup for feeling sorry for myself and then going to, I need a, a fix. But in that moment, to go to the gratitude. And so, um, you know, I'm running late to work, but I'm getting into my car. You know, I'm lifting my garage door, but I'm running late to work. Thank you, God, that I have a garage. Thank you, God, that I have a car. I don't like the way that my car runs, but I have it, and it's running. Um, Thank you, God, that I have a job. And I think uh, that sometimes that can sound sort of saccharine and like just trying to, I don't know, uh, push down the feelings, but I really need that. I need to adjust my perspective because my alternative is to go to the to the self pity and to and I will catch myself. My alternative is where I caught myself last week uh, in a uh, you know potentially negative, potentially self pitying in a large public space, and everybody in the space looked good, and that's you know that that starts the process of um, triggering my lust. And so I, and in that moment, I did, grace of God, also caught that I, everybody looked good. That's a danger, danger. Um, and was able to go back to, thank you, God, that I'm here with my friends. I don't have to look at all these people, you know, thank you. Um, but, uh, I, I love what was, what's been shared previously today about, you know, that my thinking is not right. And so I need to adjust my thinking. And um, I'm very grateful for this this template, this this approach um, f- from our founder and from um, others. And uh, I'll keep coming back. Thank you. <laughs> to limit downtime on the tape, why don't you just people just come on up and sit in the chair? That'd be cool. I listen to a lot of these tapes myself, and you all know, those of you who get the tapes, or the CDs, sorry, ooh, aging myself, when you get the CDs, and you're like, okay, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, so let's not do that. Hi, I'm Jim, grateful recovering sexaholic. Um, my sponsor waited till I'd finished the 12 steps to give me recovery continues, which I kind of took that as advanced recovery, really, for me. And I read that stuff. Because I remember even when I first read it after doing the steps, I was like, some of these things, come on. you got to be, you know, this isn't really how it works. And I tell you, I, I still struggle with the joy response. I, you know, my response typically has been either an anger response or a shame response, mostly an anger response. And, uh, you know, just tired of the temptations, Um and I think it's my perfectionism that somehow believes that if I work the program hard enough, I won't have temptations, which clearly is not true. Um, so, it, you know, I take it as, oh, I must be doing something wrong, otherwise I wouldn't have this temptation. And fortunately, I have a sponsor who give, gives me the joy response. So when I call him and I tell him about this temptation, the first thing he says is, thank God. Uh, what do you mean, thank God? And then he explains that you need God, and he reminds you you need God, and that you can turn to God, and this will help your relation. God must really want to be close to you. That's why he sent you this. And the, when he first said that stuff, it was like, so much BS, you know? What are you? I'm, come on. But he keeps saying it over and over and over again. And, I, you know, I'm still not at the point. That's his response to my temptations. I... <laughs> I would like to be the point where that's my response to my temptation. And maybe someday I'll get there. But right now, I'm sort of at the neutral response. I'm not angry, but I'm not joyful. So then I call my sponsor. He moves it to joy. And, you know, and that's the great thing about the way this program works is, you know, I've been sober for a few years, and, and this seems to me like a mountain to climb, the joy response. And I wanted to come here to see 
who's really doing this? So anybody who's doing this, I appreciate your share. That was great. I want to hear more about who's doing this because I still think, you know, come on. You know, but uh, it's, 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 uh, I'm going to keep trying and uh, thanks everybody for your shares. Orlando Sexaholic. <laughs> this is one of my favorite readings. I, I just didn't understand the gratitude part of like, why should I be grateful for temptation and dealing with all this stuff like anxiety, anger, because it, it all comes at me and I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. Why are you doing this, God? Why are you doing this? I don't want to do it. <sighs> but, you know, uh, if I accept God and, and his blessings, that means I accept the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle, everything. It's like life on life's terms. It's not just, oh, everything's good, everything's happy. No, no, no. You're going to have stress, you're going to have this, and this is part of it. The way that I would handle it before was pornography, looking at other girls or whatever. It's just, But, you know, I'm thankful that that now that I can work in the program, I have different ways to handle this. You know, and if I didn't have it, then I'd be in chaos, and I'd just go back into this pain. And it's always anger. It's always anger when I get the temptation. Why? This shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't be this way. It's life. It's reality. And it's kind of like what you were touching on before. Um, it's trusting in God that things will work out. And it's also accepting, like the speaker said, I'm an alcohol, I'm a sexaholic. And I'm accepting your will. Not mine, because mine stinks. It's a bad attitude, because I want my way. And if I don't, then I'm going to pout and yell and scream and act out, you know. But, you know, thank you. Thank you, God, for, you know, creating serenity in my life. But it's only when I put my will over to God. When I take my will, then it's all messed up. So every time I have this problems or something like that, uh, I have to say, count it all joy because it's all God's will. It's not mine. It's God's will. Thank you. My name is Bruce C. I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic from State College. Uh, and I'm glad to be here. Uh, I, I too like this approach to challenges, to, uh, whenever I'm triggered, whenever I have, uh, temptations, rather than to focus on the negative, which I spent my whole life doing up until getting in recovery. Um, it is the positive that motivates me now. I've been in the program for about seven years, um, and I've been totally successful for the last year and a half, and uh, successful in not seeking out other partners for the last four years. Um, and I count it all because of, well, three things, God and God's influence in my life, uh, my wife helping me a lot. Uh, well, four things. The program, obviously, including my sponsor. And finally, therapy was, was useful for me. But <clears throat> when I uh, was first challenged to go to SA meetings, I thought the goal was going to be to become sexually abstinent and that that was going to be sufficient and a sufficient goal for me to have. And uh, it's taken me some time to gain the perspective that uh, abstinence is just the beginning. And for me, uh, I have learned through hit and miss and through trial and through a lot of faith that the program is so much bigger than just abstinence from my sexual obsessions and compulsions. I think God wants me to be a better person and a different person than I was. And I'm discovering that, you know, He keeps revealing more and more character defects to me as I go along. And I'm focusing more and more time not so much on taking care of aberrant thoughts or compulsions, but trying now to focus on my other character defects. And as I do that, I'm finding that I'm a happier individual than I've ever been before. I'm a more uh, compassionate individual. I listen to my wife, uh, and I uh, I find nothing but 
someone said in, in one of the meetings this morning that God is a loving God, wants me to be happy and, and to keep improving. He wants to make me something much bigger than I wanted to make me and I ever would make me and uh, or I ever could make me. So it is joy. As I progress through the program, I think this this will definitely be a lifelong program. I'm going to keep peeling back layers of the onion. I'm going to keep finding more character defects. I'm going to keep finding challenges. I'm going to keep finding obsessive thoughts and compulsive thoughts and and other areas where my character defects get in the way. But as I work on those, I'm going to find a closer relationship to God. And as I do that, I um, find a closer relationship to humanity and to myself. Uh, so now I don't look at my challenges anymore as negatives. I don't obsess about when I get a, an, a compulsive thought or triggered or, or uh, obsess about or start to obsess about uh, sexual things particularly. It comes with the territory. I'm a sexaholic. I probably will always, I will be, I am wired that way. I will be uh, triggered that way. But I don't worry about it anymore. That I can put that on the shelf because I now see a bigger picture, and that's uh, the joy that comes through listening to God and letting Him, uh, His will be done, not mine, to the extent I, as a as a human being, am able to do that. So, thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm Jeff, and I'm a sexaholic. Um, I've got two copies of this book sitting at home, and I haven't opened either of them. Um, (laughs) um, I got into this program about 2000 and went to enough meetings for my wife to be happy and think that I was all better. Um, And about almost three years ago, uh, three years in March, I I came back, uh, tail between my legs, realizing that uh, I needed to be here. And uh, six months later, lost the job that I'd worked most of my career to get to. And I can now look back and realize that that and this disease are a joy in my life. Um, I went a year and a half without a job, went to meetings every day for I think the longest streak was about 312 days and I went on vacation for a week and then started again. So I, I've been going to meetings about every day for almost three years. Um, and I was really joyful about everything that had been happening in my life and was was happy and was telling my sponsor how wonderful it is even, you know, not even, I'd given up basically on the job concept. And... Uh, Got a call, was offered a job, took it. Long story short, within about three days, I had three different other job offers. Um, start a new position this coming Monday. And I look back now, and this program got me there. And, and I've got it, I look back at all of it with great joy. I've had three years to get to know a lot of really wonderful people, um, get to spend time with people that I wouldn't have had time if I was working. Um, and it's, it's all due to my higher power. And that higher pa- my higher power has brought joy to me that's beyond belief. Um, I, I think three years ago, uh, I looked at my wife after she told me she was done, and uh, there was no joy. Um, four kids that I figured they were gone and out of my life. Um, she was going to be gone. My my life was over in in my eyes. But that that depth has been unbelievable joy. And uh, I thank you for this topic, Wendy. And uh, now I'm going to go home and read the book. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hi, I'm Mike, grateful sexaholic from Northwest New Jersey. You know, before I got into this program, I 
always used to think that things were coincidences. And since I've been in the program, I realize there's no such thing as a coincidence. Everything by some grand design is supposed to happen. And there was a meeting prior to this one today, totally different subject, probably as far from this as you could get. And yet here I find myself in the same position sharing on something very similar that Wendy had mentioned, and that's embracing the challenges that you get and looking at them in a positive light. Um, before I get into details on that, I just want to say that I spent probably the first 54 years of my life where my emotional level looked like a flat line on EKG. No highs, no lows, nothing, just straight flat. Uh, never got angry, never got sad, never appeared to get anxious. And that was because I was medicating everything away. And once I finally found sobriety and recovery, suddenly I had emotion. Uh, in the beginning, I didn't even know what words to use to describe it. I didn't have the vocabulary. But without that, I never would have known joy. And for the first time in my life, I can say I'm truly feeling joy and great things have happened to me because of it. Getting back to the original point, uh, as part of my growth in this program, I did a lot of research trying to find a higher power. I studied all the major religions, some of them not so major, trying to find what was it that I was looking for. And a common theme that I seemed to find through most of them was that the higher power puts challenges in front of us on a daily basis. And for whatever reason, we're supposed to accept those challenges and look at them as learning experiences that at some point, whether it be this life or if you believe in other lives, whatever, we will come to a point where we really understand who we are and what our role is on this planet and what our higher power intends for us. So when a challenge comes along, I look at it as a learning experience, and I'm grateful for it. What I find is that if I react properly, that experience usually doesn't come back again. I don't have to deal with it anymore. If I act improperly, the experience comes back, but usually about three or four times as hard. And if I act improperly again, it's like getting hit in the back of the head with a two-by-four. Uh, first time I got into the program was because I lost my job because of my activity on the Internet. I was out of work for seven months, and like our previous speaker said, I used that seven months to go to meetings every single day. Best thing that ever happened to me in my life. It saved me. It saved my marriage. It saved my relationship with my kids. God put that challenge in front of me. More bizarre example, when my kids were small, we had a dog that died. Rescue dog, didn't live more than a month. Learning how to explain what happened to my children turned out to be extremely handy when we had a family member die a year later. Again, these things that you don't think are there for a particular reason, the higher power is putting them there to teach us things. And that's why every time something comes across that I'm not familiar with, I'm absolutely grateful for it. So, thank you. Hi, I'm Bob, and um, I am a uh, grateful recovering sexaholic. Um, I've been in the program about three years. Um, I'm a slow learner. It took me a long time to uh, realize that I was a sexaholic. Um, I've always had, from as long as I can remember, a um, an emptiness um, inside of me, uh, a lack, um, a feeling, uh, a hole in my heart. Um, and I tried using sex uh, to fill that. And um, and obviously, um, when it didn't work, one type of sex, I just broke a boundary and went to another, and. And all of that over 50 plus years never filled that hole. Um, and, um, and in that process, I, I nearly lost my marriage and, and everything. Um, and when I, when my wife finally caught me the second time, um, and I looked on the internet and took, took the test of the 20 questions and I think I aced it and, um, <laughs> 
and I went to my first meeting, um, I was uh, in total and utter despair um, because my life, there was no intimacy between my wife and I, either sexual or sexual. There was nothing. We were like roommates in the same house. And um, and I had no friends, um, and I was just a very sad person. And um, and it took me almost a year and a half um, before it finally started to click. Um, and when it started to click, what clicked was that um, it happened at a meeting. When the guy, when a guy meeting said to me, and I had just fallen and I was in a really bad place, and he said, Bob, I love you and I care about you. <laughs> and I just broke down. And what I realized is I had been searching for that intimacy for my whole life. And I had that intimacy with my wife at one point, but that wasn't enough. And now I am so grateful. The joy reaction is I'm off the charts. Um, we have a step meeting on Saturday mornings in Pittsburgh, and uh, there's 30 guys usually there. And uh, and I... I I did my gratitude list all the way up. It's a 45-minute drive for me. And when I got there, I was bouncing off the walls. I mean, I felt true and utter joy because my belief was I'd made my connection with God. And I don't have that connection all the time, that that consciousness of, of God in my life every day, but but just that those few times when I forget about my junk and let God enter my life has meant the world to me. And I am so grateful. I am so grateful for this, for this organization. I'm so grateful for all the men now that, that are my friends who care about me, who call me on the phone, who I call on the phone. Um, of all things, I am a sponsor. I mean, it, 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 it just, I can't believe it. And I'm actually helping people, I think. Um, you know, <laughs> when my sponsee got to one year, I was joyous, absolutely joyous. Um, and, um, so this, and this has changed my life and my life's better now than I can say ever. And thanks. Okay, since nobody is sitting in the chair, I'm going to share again. I'm Wendy, sexholic still. Um, and I'm really grateful for the share so far. Thank you very much. Um, you know, I was just reminded that, uh, you know, to lead with my weakness, I remember I read the reading on the joy response uh, a number of years ago when my first sponsor had me read it. And I remember, I don't remember exactly what I thought, but it must have been something like, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice reading. That's a nice idea. But it was a nice idea for me. It was an idea. It was not something that I could imagine would be my reality. And it's not, it's still not something that's my reality today, but it's something that I feel is, I have a lot more hope that it can be my reality. Um, I'm grateful for having a sobriety renewal partner um, that I talk to on a regular basis, and I was just sharing with her you know, after I read the joy response again. You know, I shared with her the concept that I already talked about, and, and that I can actually look at things as an opportunity to learn and to grow and to be um, to be different, to be. Uh, in recovery and sober and joyous and, and all of that. And I'm grateful for this program that no matter how many times I read the literature, there's something new for me. No matter how many times I talk to my renewal partner, she has something else to share with me that will help me. 
no matter how many times I talk to my sponsor, there's yet another nugget for me to learn. No matter how many times I come to a meeting or a convention, there's something more for me to learn. And I'm so grateful for that today, as long as I come to it with humility and a, and a, a desire to have a joy response, the desire to see it as a learning opportunity. There have been plenty of times when I come to a temptation or a situation with, you know, my ears stopped up as, as tightly as they can be because I'm all full of me and I'm all full of pride and I really don't really want to hear what you have to say today. Um, but then that doesn't do me any good. And so I'm grateful to hear from everybody today to just be reminded and to learn um, how important it is to have my ears open and how important it is for me um, to look at everything as an opportunity. And this has been an opportunity. So thank you for letting me share again. And thank you for coming up here. <laughs> I'm Dennis H. from Peoria, Illinois. And I'm a grateful recovering sex alcoholic. Yeah. Um, before this program, I just kind of want to draw the contrast is all my life was out of control, was raging, um, never had choices, it seemed like. I was locked into a prison. I heard it explained this weekend like a wall with bars, but the back of it's open, and I could not see a way out. This program has given me choices. It's given me hope. Um, nine days ago, I celebrated four years of sobriety, what was so neat is the relationship with my wife has changed so much in the last couple of years. She got me four white roses. That's really a blessing in my life because I remember thinking in one time in my life, I don't know if I even like this woman. I don't know if I want to stick it out with her. And now I want to try to do everything I can because I have choices. It's hard work, yeah. But, man, it's so joyous because I remember driving down the interstate one day a couple years ago, and all of a sudden it was like my eyes got opened up and I saw the leaves and the beauty of nature out there. I didn't see that in my addiction at all. I could not see uh, my higher power. I could not connect with a higher power. In fact, I got challenged about that last year. My my sponsor going through my steps again and got to his second step and he says, well, who is your higher power? What's your viewpoint? Well, I think it's like, no, no. I needed a higher view, a bigger view than I had. And I'm getting that now. And I've got a higher power that loves me, that thinks I'm something great. And I'm starting to like myself and talk about joy. That's a joyous thing. I am a, I'm a grateful person because my higher power is doing things I can't do. And things that, it talks about it in the white book, things that used to baffle me. <laughs> they don't baffle me anymore. I, I go, well, it's easy. You just do this and you write through the thing. And so I'm very joyful today. Thanks. Hi, I'm Lisa, sexaholic. <laughs> kind of sitting in the back doing a little bit of a chair dance because didn't really want to come up here and share. But, um, you know, I think thinking about this, one of the things that strikes me is the fact that it's easy to be joyful and it doesn't take recovery to be joyful when things are going well. Um, and so, you know, I think that's one of the gifts of recovery is figuring out how to find that joy um, in the midst when things aren't necessarily as I would want them to be. Um, you know, and I think it's one of the promises, um, you know, no matter how far down the scale you've gone, you'll find ways that, and I'm not going to say the last part correctly, but how your experience can help others. And, you know, there's a lot of experiences that I've had um, that, you know, I'm not necessarily joyful about. Um, but after being in recovery for a while, um, have learned to be able to laugh at some of those things um, and see, 
you know, just the craziness of my thinking and some of that. Um, and also being able to figure out how that can help me relate to my higher power. And one of the things that recently been um, dealing with a little bit is the fact that I'd been in recovery for a while, had sobriety, and then had a slip and was not <laughs> not pleased with that, not happy with that. You know, and I think by going through, not that I would recommend it to anyone, not recommending this, but by going through that experience, um, it helps me see my pride that I still um, still struggle with and still um, have to deal with. And it also helped me to see the holes in my relationship with my higher power and where those things were that I have still tried to hold on to, thinking, well, you know, my higher power can help me be joyful in these circumstances, but those pieces that still held on to that not being in able to be joyful in all circumstances because I want to be joyful only if it's the things that I want and, you know, holding very tightly to those things. And I'm very hard headed. And so I have to um, be head, hit over the head by a two by four. Um, and, you know, it, it, and by that, I would like to get to the point where I don't have to be hit over the head by a two by four and be able to in the moment when things are happening, truly be able to see the joy, the learning opportunity, so that it's not, I mean, because there's a lot of things now I can look back on with joy that I've been through and see how that that has got me to where that I am now, um, and not just the Pollyanna response, um, which is what I really thought people, when people would say I'm a gratefully recovering sexaholic, and really thought that was a Pollyanna kind of thing. Um, but, you know, to be able to see things in the moment, to see right then to have that response and not just have that response in hindsight, but um, to be able to be in the moment with that. So anyway, thanks for letting me share. Hello, my name is Marco. I'm a sexolic. So a couple of months ago, three months ago, uh, it was really going so well that I was thinking, hey, I'm, I'm sure to be, maybe I'm recovered uh, already. And for some reason, it seems that someone from above, and I feel I'm, I'm in this state of mind of thinking I'm recovered, it thinks, so Marco, you think you're recovered? Okay, let's throw this here. Let's throw this there. So suddenly, uh, all hell broke loose at, uh, at work. And, uh, yeah, so uh, there was certainly a lot of stress and, uh, and a tough time, and uh, but somehow, I mean, in the past, if, if that would have happened, I would really be, well, really be freaking out and, uh, and probably would relapse or, or act out or whatever. Um, but this time, it, it, it really felt different, and uh, so somehow, I mean, there, there was this, there were all these problems, but. Okay, I was, I, I, well, it was very good because somehow I, 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 I really had to face myself and face my character defects that I thought were gone, but they were not. Uh, and, and, and it was just, just good to face them. And, and, and somehow I felt this trust as, as Wendy talked about this trust that with my higher power, I can overcome these problems and with my higher power, and, and that, that, that really gave me so much strength and joy just to, to realize that with my higher power, there's no problem big, so big enough that I cannot overcome. There's anything. I can move mountains with my higher power. And that's, that was, that gave so, yeah, it was so great to feel that. And yeah, I mean, I, I just, it's, things went so differently than, than in the past. I mean, I talked about it with, with, with fellows and, uh, and 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 stayed relatively calm, not perfectly calm, but relatively calm, and uh, yeah. So in the end, it was all fine. And uh, yeah, so I, I I just know I just know that that this will be forever like this if if I don't lose the program, if I if I keep into the program and and and, and stick there, it will be fine. Thank you.
I'm uh, Sigmund. I'm a sexaholic, recovering sexaholic. Um, I've been in a program for about five years. Um, five months ago or four months ago, I had a slip and I masturbated. And uh, going back to uh, the meetings and telling people that I didn't have my you know, long-term recovery I didn't have my sobriety anymore. Um, that was, it felt strange. It was, uh, I, th- I thought it was no big deal, um, when it happened. And, uh, but then afterwards, I've been holding on. To, I kind of was proud of being sober for all those years. And, um, but, um, as was said earlier here, I thought, I think that, really taught me something, you know, that um, it taught me, uh, obviously, to work my program better, um, to uh, to be more aware when I am triggered, um, and uh, to um, also work my other defects, uh, on my other defects, and uh, those are really shame, uh, and uh, guilt and uh, and a negativity. And I'm very negative. Um, and I've discovered that that negativity is um, something that starts with myself. Um, so the joy response is really, uh, you know, when I came to this meeting, I thought it was, this was kind of, I forgot about this reading from Recovery Continues. I thought, this was kind of response to life. This is a joy response to life. I thought that, and not re- response joy response to being triggered sexually. Um, and uh, but that's I guess it's the same thing um, because if I if I just accept life on life's terms, accept the um, the fact that I will be triggered. Um, that I am imperfect, um, and that I need my higher power, that I need other people, and that I need to, um, overcome, not to overcome, but come to terms with my imperfection, then I think that's, you know, that there is a joy there, um, that I'm still alive, I'm still alive and kicking, I'm still, Still have another chance, um, and I'm finding myself more grateful now and more joyous than I was before I had my slip. So, uh, so I'm, I'm I'm grateful for that slip, um, and I'm grateful for for the opportunity to be able to to learn more and to uh, to be something greater than than I thought I could be. Thanks for letting me share. Hi, I'm David. I'm a recovering sexaholic. I just have something very brief to share that I have. uh, There's one experience I have every day. I get up in the morning, I take my dog out for a walk, and then the first time that I, the first time that there is a woman, so anywhere on the street or anywhere in the around, um, that I, I pick up on that. Gets my attention, and I, I think, thank you, God, for starting off my day, reminding me that I need you. Um, and I hope to someday have that experience more often. Now, I more or less, I don't hang on to that throughout the day as I get triggered again and again, but that first one I do, and I'm really grateful for that. Thank you. I'm Barbara, sexaholic. And I have just a ton of joy for this program. Um, it's hard for me to say I have joy that I'm a sexaholic, even after all these years, because as I heard someone else say, but, you know, it's because of this program I have joy, and it's because of, I'm a sexaholic that I have this program. But, you know, a, a lot of the things, um, like my husband, we got married probably because we were both sexaholics. We, that's not the reason we would have said at the time, but we were both sexaholics, and that's what attracted us to each other. And um, 
ten and a half years ago, he went to a counselor to divorce me. And, um, well, he told the counselor in front of me he wanted a divorce. And the counselor sent him to SA. And when I asked him what kind of group it was in, and he said it's an SA group, um, I knew that's what I had. But anyway, um, we, we, the reason he went to the counselor is because we couldn't live in the same house without screaming. And I'm surprised the neighbors never called the police. Seri- literally. I'm, I'm surprised. And, um, I was a rageaholic in my addiction and, you know, whatever his issues were, but he, but our marriage has been transformed. It's just been completely transformed. Not to what I thought love was, not to what I thought love was, but, um, it's been transformed to where it's just a whole different thing where we're friends. We're, we're best friends first. And I like, I love being with him and, you know, I'd, I'd be sad if anything happened to him. I used to fantasize that he was dead and, um, that's pretty sad. But the program changed our marriage and it's just, it's a joy. And, um, I'm losing my whole turn. <laughs> um, another thing is, um, when that passage in um, recovery continues about the joy response, about praying when we have a lust hit, um, the the other thing about the other thing I learned about praying is praying for people we resent. And I have, um, you know, in my character flaws, <laughs> you know, I just get irritated with people, and um, and I can't just pray for them for two weeks and it's better. I know the big book it says pray for two weeks every day, but it doesn't work for me. But it does work for me if I just keep praying. You know, just pray. It might take a year, but when I pray that prayer, God can completely change a relationship. And that's just another part of this program. That's I didn't get it anywhere else except for this program. I have seen him change relationships where I'm the one who had almost, you could call it hatred, and now I have love for that person. And there's no explanation. There is no explanation that's not like I did something right or I, I changed my attitude. It's prayer, 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 prayer. You know, help me to love her like you love her, whatever. And that's another part of the program that gives me joy. But, you know, a really huge thing for me is in my addiction, my whole life I have a lot of negative self-talk and thinking I'm not good enough no matter what. My worth is in my achievements. And if I don't achieve, I have no worth. And if I don't, you know, have a good share, I don't this or that, I have no worth. And um, people could say, oh, you're fine. And I, I don't hear it. But only like recently... I've been able, I've just noticed a change where I had to share my story and people said, what a good job I did. And, and I accept it as love as opposed to, that's what you have to say. You know, I was able to accept it as love and I've noticed that, um, I can feel love from people without me having doing some, having done something that was worthwhile. <laughs> you know, I'm just, just, I, I'm just me. I could have had a good day or a bad day and I can accept that people love me. And I've only learned that through this program. And, and I'm a church-going person, and I, you know, I'm, you know, I've had a relationship with God for a long time, but this program's changed me li- my life. And the pro- that's why I say the program gives me joy. It's changed me, and it's very joyful. So. Hi, I'm Mike, sexaholic. Uh, I really appreciate everybody shares on this uh, because it, it, you know, just sitting here listening to everyone uh, has kind of helped uh, the, the truth of what Wendy was sharing in the beginning sink in a little bit. Uh, I was thinking about joy and, and when I have felt joy. Um, I remember feeling joy whenever I got a present that I really liked for Christmas. Uh, I, I remember... Um, you know, f- feeling joy if I got a, a promotion that I had worked for or, um, you know, if my wife said yes when I proposed to her uh, or if I fell in love with someone for the first time. Um, but the the joy that stands out the most is my dog. Whenever I tell my dog that it's time to go for a walk, <laughs> that is a joy response. Um you know, the dog is just, the dog loves me. Uh, the dog is jumping up and down. I can't hardly contain the dog. The dog is so excited. And I was thinking, wow, you know, if, if I face a lust temptation, you know, can I feel like my dog feels when it wants to go for a walk? You know, this is my chance to connect 
with my master, so to speak, and go do something fun. Um, I don't know if I get there, but it seems like a great a great thing to think about, uh, that this is like God saying, hey, why don't we do something together? So thanks for listening. I'm Tom. I'm a sexaholic. And uh, I had a thing the other week where uh, someone wanted to, uh, a, a newcomer to our meeting wanted to change one of the things we do in the format. And uh, I got upset about this. I felt it was a threat. And uh, I was uh, going to the uh, Supreme Court in my mind. <laughs> I was... Uh, I was going to get a, a copy of Bill, Double, Bill W.'s original letter about this very matter, and, which which I have at home, and which another member said he'd send me on the email. And uh, but there was a little part of me knew that uh, my reactions to this matter go a lot, lot further than a format in a meeting. Yeah, for me, they turn into this like pathological thing. And, uh, I feel very threatened and it goes back to my original perpetrators. And, uh, I would really love to be free of this. So there was a little part of me said, you know what? This is something that, uh, your higher power has sent and you should really. And I was late to the meeting that night. And when I walked in, they were talking about turning lust to love, resentment to love. So, uh, I wasn't going to go to the meeting because I know I'd be late. And then as soon as I walked in the door, I knew I was supposed to be there to hear that. And then here, right on top of it, here's this, here's this, uh, this wonderful opportunity to turn resentment to love, to turn lust to love. And, uh, this particular situation could only be, the details of it can only be orchestrated by my higher power. But at any rate, I uh, was all set to go to battle. And we're going we're gonna to have the group conscience meeting next Tuesday on this. And, uh, and my experience and reaction towards it now is very different. It's like not about right and wrong. It's not about who's going to win. Uh, it's 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 uh, about something different happening. And um, it's about me changing. My higher power feels as though I need to change, and he's outfoxed me here. I'm powerless here, and that's what I get out of it. For me, when I'm on the beam through prayer and meditation, I can experience the exact same thing, and I can experience it quite differently. You know, left to my own devices, I was driving into work one day, and I really felt as though I should run this person over because they were walking too slow. They were, and they, they were doing it deliberately because they knew it was me. And, and, uh, then I feel as though I'm a weakling because I don't run them over. And I mean, it's like, um, if I'm on, I'm not going to run them over, but it's like how I feel about it. It's like, if I'm on the beam, my higher power sent them. My higher power has them walking slow. So I can see how nuts I am, you know? And uh, I only drive a mile and a half to work in <laughs> northeast Philadelphia. And it, it's some days it's literally like going through a minefield. Uh, half the people in the city don't have insurance. They drive 300 cars. They drive $300 cars. They get at this auction to help children. They have no insurance, no driver's license, no registration. So they don't care if they smash into you. They just get out of the car and walk away. And I feel this is all wrong. <laughs> I pay $2,700 a year in car insurance, but I have to accept all this. It's much, much bigger than I am, much, much bigger than I am. I can do absolutely nothing about it. I have no power here at all, and I'm not completely joyful about it, but anyways, thank you. more time for more shares. Thank you.
Hi, I'm Andy. I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. Um, for a long time, there was nothing in my life that uh, I regretted. And then uh, two and a half, well, three years ago, I found myself about $100,000 in debt with no job and uh, no income and uh, I regretted some things. <laughs> um, and I was really scared there for a long time. And, uh, that situation lasted for a good long time. It lasted for, um, over two years. And, uh, about 18 months into it, I realized that in that entire time with no income and not really knowing how this had worked out, um, and by the way, my debt went down from over $100,000 down to about $10,000. And there was always a roof over my head. And there was always food on the table. And I always had gas in my car. Got close sometimes on the gas in my car. And I always had a, f- a phone to make phone calls. I had everything I needed. I was being taken care of abundantly. And uh shortly thereafter, my financial situation really turned around and I now have what I didn't used to consider a lot of money but I'm I'm now financially stable and uh and have a career path to go on that will leave me financially stable and I can tell you I appreciate it very much more than I would have before this uh before this time of financial troubles and then I was just reflecting in this meeting that I have a sponsee who's uh had really struggled to stay sober. You know, for him, getting a week was a big deal. And uh, he was just starting to get his his feet under him and, and starting to take the program seriously. And his wife left him with the kids. And he lost his job. And his house is being foreclosed on. And I could tell him, you know, God is looking out for you. It's going to be okay. Uh, you don't have to worry about this. And he proceeded to rattle off, like he proceeded to get stay sober for four months. He had one slip. He's back sober again for, you know, a couple of months now. And he said that, you know, he said at meetings that his sponsor told him that God was taking care of me and he could believe it. You know, and it's partly I can say that with conviction now because it's happened. You know, it's not just, oh, it'll be all right. It's like, no, I've been there. Um, and I've got another sponsee who barely believed in God and is going to military prison. And I told him, you know, God is taking care of, God is going to take care of you through this. And he's discovering a relationship with God in the slow process of discovering that he's going to go to prison uh, for for some sexual acting out that he did. Um, And I was just reflecting that I'm really grateful to be a sexaholic. I'm grateful that this is the toughest sobriety I've ever, I've ever known. We have guys who come in, you know, you know, this guys come in with 25 years in AA and they go, you know, this is way tougher. You know, they struggle to to get three months of sobriety in this program. Um, and, you know, I'm grateful for that because I'm being forced to work the steps at a level that I've never worked the steps before. I'm being forced to surrender to God like I've never surrendered to God before because this addiction is way more powerful than I am. Um, I'm... I've always been smart. I've always been able to figure things out. As soon as I start thinking I've got this thing figured out, I get real slippery, you know. Um, and I'm grateful for that these days. I was sitting there going, wow. You know, I'm having some humility. I'm, I'm learning some humility because I do not. I, I've got a little over a year, and I do not feel like I have this thing worked out. I'm not complacent at all about my sobriety. Um 
Someone calls me every morning and I ask him how he's doing and his usual response is, I'm alive and sober today by the grace of God. You know, thank you, God. Um, and that's, you know, I'm starting to experience that and, and understand that and I'm grateful for that. Um, I would rather be a sexaholic in recovery than, you know, than not have that experience. And then there's one last thing I'll, I'll share. There was a guy in one of our meetings who uh, who just said, you know, offhand at one point, he wished he'd discovered this 40 years ago. And I thought about that. 40 years ago, no one was sober from this disease. 40 years ago, Roy hadn't even gotten into AA. You know, in the entire period of human history, I have the great privilege to be a sexaholic. The one time where there's any hope for me. You know, so thank you, God, that I'm alive and sober today. Thank you so much, everyone, for your shares today. I really, really appreciate it. I got a lot out of this meeting, so thank you. Uh, in closing, anything you've heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. The principles of SA are found in our 12 steps and 12 traditions. Um, shall we close the meeting with uh, We'll do the third step first.